I have four grandsons who are very physical, a lot of roughhousing. Are there lines to be drawn? I always question like how much roughhousing is okay. Well, so here's my take on that is I really firmly believe in respecting each other's bodies. I Mm. think that there has been a lot of damage done by men in this world who don't respect the bodies of other people who Mm -hmm. don't know that no means no. And you don't get to touch a body if somebody says, no, this is my space. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. We welcome Christy Thomas back to our podcast. She previously appeared on episode number three. You may have heard her, or you can go back and listen. Christy's ministry has grown so much since those three plus years ago that she was with us. It was right after she had written her first book. Since then, she has written four more books. She has many Bible studies. She has a blog. And she runs Little Shoots, Deep Roots, which she's going to tell us about. Christy lives with her family in Alberta, Canada. And her favorite family activities are reading to her kids and doing wacky science experiments. Let's talk to Christy now. Okay, we are here this morning with Christy Thomas, who is an author, and she has a ministry that I'm really anxious to talk to her about. Uh, Yeah, she just ministers so well to parents and to ministry leaders, and I just love that she is back. And I say that she's back because if you go back to episode number three, when we were just beginning, and it was actually recorded three, three and a half years ago, after her first book, I interviewed her at that time. So Christy, welcome. So glad that you're here. Oh, thanks so much for having me again. It's been a few years. I'm delighted to be back. I know. I am really delighted to have you. And Christy is, is, she's a very prolific author. She's written five books now, or is it six? Five and one on the way? And they're to parents, ministry leaders, and children, but it all centers around children's ministry. She's just amazing. (laughs) That's very kind of you. (laughs) So, Christy, can you tell us how many children you have and if they're girls or boys? Sure. I have three boys. They are 13, 11, and 8 right now. Okay. So you're like in the throes of lots of fun and lots of activity. and, Mm -hmm. And actually, I knew that already. That's the reason why I asked her here, because today we're going to talk about parenting boys. And she is the person to do it because she not only has parented three boys, but she has also written a book, a devotional called The Mother and Son Prayer Journal. And -hmm. we'd like to hear also a little bit about that. So I am just so glad that you're here. And let's just jump in and start with getting to know you a little bit better and getting to know your thoughts about parenting boys. Sure. Okay, good. Okay, you have boys. I have girls. I've told some of our listeners before I had four daughters, but now we have six out of eight grandsons. So I've kind of seen both, but I didn't, I don't have to parent the grandsons. That's a whole (laughs) different story. I can just play with them and send them home. So in your view, from what you see, you see a lot of kids in your ministry. What is unique about boys? Are there some things that are unique? Um, that's a good question because anything that I say that's unique about boys, a girl mom will go, well, but my girl is like that. Right. So anything I say is really going to be a stereotype. Like, so my boys probably roughhouse more than 
the average girl, but there will be some girls that like to roughhouse, you know, there mm-hmm. are some boys who like to write, some don't, some like to climb and kick balls and others will happily do puzzles for hours. Mm-hmm. So I have noticed, however, that my boys do push, throw, climb, yell, and make a lot of messes. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I said, our house is not a jungle gym, or your brother is not a toy, I would be like on a Hawaiian vacation right now. <laughs> In fact, here's a funny story. Our oldest, when he was about four or five, he was so rough with his little brother that we had to keep telling him, Oliver is a person, not a toy. And so after a while, <laughs> Oliver called himself Oliver person. He thought that was his name. (laughs) We had to say that so often. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I do think, however, that raising boys in today's world, whether they're stereotypical boys or not, I think it gives us a unique chance to raise the kind of men of integrity that our Mm -hmm. world really needs. For better or for worse, men have a lot of influence. So we get to raise the kind of boys that we want to see leading our world. And we do hope that, you know, as my boys grow, there it might be a little bit more even distribution of leadership. But I, I don't think that our world is ever going to be completely equal, you know, women in leadership, men in leadership. So mm-hmm. especially at this point, my boys still will have a lot of influence. So mm-hmm. I am really glad to have been given three chances to raise the kind of men that our world needs to see. Men That's who wonderful. Are selfless and men of integrity who will help raise up those with no voice. That's what I hope that I'm raising them to be. Oh, I love that. And when that is your hope and your desire, you're going to do things to move in that direction. Thank you for sharing that. Let's move on from that. I have four grandsons who are very physical, a lot of roughhousing. And for a mom who had daughters, that's really different for me. So are there lines to be drawn? I've, I always question like how much roughhousing is okay. I think my daughter's pediatrician said as they're okay to roughhouse until somebody's crying. <laughs> and I don't know if that is accurate because then somebody might just start crying when they want to not want the other grandson to win. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, so here's my take on that is I really firmly believe in respecting each other's bodies. I mm-hmm. think that there has been a lot of damage done by men in this world who don't respect the bodies of other people who Mm -hmm. don't know that no means no, and you don't get to touch a body if somebody says, no, this is my space. So if one of my boys says, no, we are pretty vigilant about you have to stop. Like you can't do this. But otherwise, if they're all into it, I just try to plug my ears and (laughs) go for it and try to just not watch. Oh, you're going to break a leg. No, they're fine. They're fine. (laughs) That is such a good boundary. That's And I hear my daughter saying the same thing. He said, no, so that means you have to stop. In a situation where it can get out of control really quickly, there has to be some kind of boundary. Mm -hmm. So that sounds really good. I like that. And I think it has impact further down the line too. If they learn when they're five, six, seven, 11, 12, that when somebody says, no, you stop, Mm -hmm. then they're not going to be the kind of guys who hurt women. Yeah. That's really, really good because we want to raise young men that will respect women. That's so good. Okay. You are very much in, I don't know, authority, whether you know it or not, people listen to you and you have a lot of wonderful advice. And how do you approach for both fathers and mothers in raising their kids 
to grow in spiritual maturity. Do you have some thoughts on an overview? And then we, I want to get into some specifics about your ministry too. For sure. Yeah. Well, I really believe that the growth in spiritual maturity happens over time. So first of all, I always say like, it's God's job to soften our children's hearts. It is not our job to soften our hearts. There are things that we can do. Like if you think of the parable of the sower, our job is to cultivate the soil so that when the seed falls, it falls on healthy soil that isn't full of weeds and raw so that then our kids can grow up. There's no guarantees when we're raising our children to be men and women of faith. They still have to just make those decisions on their own, but we can make it a lot more likely that they'll choose that if they have the information they need and they've had a good relationship with us and they know what it looks like to talk to God about their questions and they know how to find people when they do have questions, they know how to find people that can answer them. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are cultivating that soil. We're making it nice and soft and weed free. And so that is what I believe that we are doing as parents, not imparting all the information because mm. we can never impart all the information. Faith is a, a lifelong journey, right? Right. right. <laughs> uh, there isn't like, I don't believe that there's like specific like catechism or something that kids like desperately need to know before they leave the house. I think they need, they need your love. They need your willingness to listen and they need you to teach what you're learning as well. So mm. There are obviously things that we want to teach them, but it's not just about imparting information. Yeah. Information doesn't uh, make their heart prepared to really trust Jesus either. We really need a heart change rather Mm -hmm. than information filling our brains. We need our heart to be soft and to be moved. Mm-hmm. And there is information that helps with that process, mm-hmm. but it really, in the end, they have to be willing to let God soften their hearts. And you know, it says in, in Ezekiel, God says, I'm going to take your heart of stone and put in you a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to put my spirit on you. Mm-hmm. And that's the process. That's what God does. So mm-hmm. yes, we are here and we want to disciple our kids. Obviously that's, it's something that is important. We're not just going to be like, okay, well, I got nothing to do. <laughs> We are here to come alongside them, to point them to the person that is Jesus Christ, to Mm -hmm. show them that God is real and loves them and welcomes their questions. And so there's a book that I've been reading recently called Families and Faith, and it is a a 35 year study. So this is a long, long, long study that they did before they drew any conclusions. And they talked to every generation that was alive every five years, and they talked to them about you know, where your faith is at. And it wasn't just like evangelical Christians. There was like Mormons in this, there was Jewish people, there were people who were not of any faith. So it was a really interesting spread of people. And what they found is that the more a family liked to be together, they call it family warmth, the more likely it was that the parents' faith transferred into the child. Wow. So having those good conversations, loving each other, playing games together, those movie nights, going sledding or hiking together, those things are all actually part of what we're doing because Mm -hmm. we're building up that family warmth. Oh, I love that. It's amazing. (laughs) That is so good. And it makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Then it's, we can get out of this mindset as, of I must teach them all the things. And it's, we can really get alongside that coaching mindset. Like I'm with you, I'm with you on this journey and we're going to have fun together. We're going to explore who God is and what the Bible is like. So it really does take the pressure off. Yeah. I think. Well, yeah. and in some ways it puts pressure on because people who had really bad relationships with their parents, it made them a lot more likely to rebel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in some ways that is pressure. But in some ways, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that probably has to be started early because mm-hmm. when the once they get to the point of rebellion, then 
you've lost all that opportunity to mm-hmm. have that good communication yeah. early. So that's yeah. why I talk about like cultivating that soil. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're making the soil of their heart, hopefully soft so that God yeah. can do his thing. In yeah. the end though, it's not hundred percent under our control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we have that's- to be okay with that. We have to just let that go. We can't live in the fear that the world will snap up our child or right. that they're going to turn away. If we live in the fear like that, we are going to be like, okay, you need to know this right now. And you need to make a decision right now. And yeah. that kind of pressure actually is what causes kids to turn away. Yeah. In yeah. a lot of cases. Yeah. Oh, you are very wise. (laughs) Very wise. Some of it I've learned from a lot of other wise people. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? You have a really, really neat ministry. And I absolutely love the name. I just love the name. And it is Little Shoots Deep Roots. Can you tell me about how that came about and what's your main focus of your ministry and, and where that's going? You know, when I, I renamed the ministry, it used to just be under my name, which was super boring. <laughs> Christy Thomas. <laughs> That's a cute then, name. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine name, but I really wanted the ministry to be something that kind of, when you look at the words, you can get a word picture in your mind and you're thinking, oh, what does that mean? So the little shoots, deep roots means little shoots. So it has kind of a twofold meaning. The little shoots obviously refers to our children, but Mm -hmm. it also refers to these little tiny habits that um, if you look at all the habit research that's coming out now, it's the little things in our lives, the little habits that are in our lives that make the big difference because they're sustainable and they add up over time. So Mm -hmm. I believe that those little shoots, those little habits that we're implementing into our days on a regular basis, those are what God uses to grow these deep faith Mm -hmm. roots in our kids. It's not the once a month. Okay, guys, we forgot to do like a family devotional. So we're going to sit down for an hour together and we're going to do all the things. Those are not the things. I mean, those may have an impact. God can use anything, right? But those are not the things that have the greatest long-term impact at these little things that are we're doing in our days. So for example, I, I've been doing some coaching recently, which has been a real blast. Oh. And, <clears throat> I've talked to a few moms who wanted to have like uh, some Bible memory in their day. So one of them is doing it in the car on the way to school. Very specifically, as they drive down their long driveway, they're doing Bible memory verse. And if you think about if she is able to continue that, which you probably will be able to because it's quite easy. Imagine her daughter. Actually, it's her granddaughter. She's raising her granddaughter. Imagine her granddaughter in 20 years leaving her grandma's house, driving down the driveway, And thinking of all the verses that they memorized together, or maybe just memorizing their own verse or these, um, another mom is doing some Bible memory with her little boys as they wait for the bus. So they're standing at the end of the road, they are waiting for the bus and they're practicing a Bible verse together. And then they give each other all these super high fives. Mom's like, my hand's getting red. (laughs) (laughs) Super high fives. They love that. And just imagine that in the future, if they continue doing that, not only will they have all these scriptures in their hearts, but you know, they're waiting for the bus. Maybe they're like 45 years old and they're waiting for the bus and suddenly this memory is going to come up. Not not yeah. a school bus, obviously, but like they're waiting for a city bus and you're like, oh yeah, I remember those verses. And some of those yeah. are going to percolate back to the top. Right, right. So I just, I love, I love that these little habits, they're so easy to do and uh-huh. they can have these huge long-term impacts. Yeah, yeah. So I've been doing this one with my kids for uh, 13 and a half years. So since my little 
my oldest was born, we prayed like a biblical blessing over him at bedtime. So a lot of people do this, something like the one from Numbers where it says, may the Lord bless you and keep you, may make his face shine upon you and be gracious Mm -hmm. to you, may turn his face towards you and give you peace. And that is just something so simple. I mean, it took me, what, 10 seconds to say that? Mm -hmm. It's very easy to get into your day and it becomes something that's really meaningful between you and your child. You're praying God's Mm -hmm. blessing over them every night, which of course Mm -hmm. is going to have an impact. But then it also becomes this meaningful connection between you and your child. You're leaving them not on an angry note, slamming the door and oh, go to sleep already. You're Stay leaving in your bed. With, yeah, no, you exactly. can't have more water. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you're leaving. So this is helping with that family warmth too, right? You're mm-hmm. leaving them with these this positive memory of you speaking scripture over them. And you can, so what I've been doing recently is speaking different verses over them as well. And they actually are just for me speaking them over them. They're actually starting to memorize these verses, totally unintentional, Wow! but these things are, they just kind of grow in your hearts and minds. And I just love seeing how these so super simple things that people would be like, that's not enough. They're actually what God uses. And that's, hey, you look in the Bible and how often does God use something small and weak mm-hmm. to do his will? Like mm-hmm. every time. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. You know, you look, yeah, look at Gideon's army when God's like, nope, smaller, nope, smaller, 300 <laughs> people against 300,000. Perfect. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> we want to know who's really doing the work here. <laughs> it's yes, not the exactly. army, it's God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the small things is that. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it reminds us that it's actually God doing the work. It's not about me trying to impart all the things. Yeah, that is so good. So it sounds like you have a multifaceted ministry going on. You've written lots of books. You've written picture books, mm-hmm. the the little Quinn series, the little owl, and and uh, and you've written Fruit of the Spirit book, which reminds me that I would like to have you back to talk about that on another day. So today we're talking about boys and the book. Got it here. Oh, there we go. Okay. So yeah, the mother and son prayer journal. So do you have devotionals in that in that book? Are there yeah, devotionals? So it is. It's kind of a, a multifunctional book. Yeah, <laughs> multifaceted. That's so great. each each one. So there's uh 52 of them. So you could do it once per week or a few mm-hmm. times a week, but um each one starts out with a question that you ask your son. So mm-hmm. What to you is the hardest part about praying? And you you don't just ask him. I say in the beginning of the book, you need to ask each other this. So your son gets to ask you, what is the hardest part oh. about praying for you? And some of these questions are things like, tell me about a time when something felt really unfair. So they're not all like, like spiritual type questions. Or have you ever pretended to be fine when you were actually really upset? But the, so that you have this conversation and it leads you into this devotional, which is on the life or the writings of David. Uh, so the one, what to use the hardest part about praying leads us into one of the Psalms. So we're talking about one of the Psalms and then at the end of it. So it's not very long. They're like 300 words. They probably take about three minutes to read, depending on how fast you talk. It takes me two. <laughs> I talk fast. And then you're going to, there's a really simple little prayer thing that you can do with your son. Now there are, there is space to write it down for your son to write it down. Uh, I have a couple of boys that don't really like to write or they didn't when I did this book. So I just said, you tell me what you would say and I'll just write it down so that we don't forget. So like we just take the pressure off. Like this is not a big deal. Um, And some of them are actually drawing ones too. Let's see. So this one, there's one here, draw a comic of someone getting bullied in your school or community. How could you stand up for the kid getting bullied? Will you ask for God's help? So that's the the prayer for that one. And then at the end, after the son's prayer section, there's a mother's prayer section, which is just blank. And then you get to write 
your prayers for your son. And I found that when I was doing this with my boys, my prayers came fairly easily because we had just talked about something very specific. Yeah. Yeah. I love it because one of the things that I think parents are missing is being able to do some heart level communication. They're so Mm -hmm. busy getting their kids to do what they want them to do. They just omit that one-on-one talking, exchanging back and forth. Now that's Mm -hmm. a mother's prayer journal. Would it be appropriate for a father or is it really geared toward mothers? Yeah, you could do it with a father. You could also do it with a daughter. There's actually only one spot in here that I say you're a boy. Okay. <laughs> so you could just change it. It's just you that press it out you know, and put this girl. was this is written because a publisher contacted me and they're the kind of publisher that writes books targeted to specific keyword searches on the internet. Oh, okay. So and they were they were they found this keyword, mother and son prayer journal that there was no book associated with it. And so they said, can you write that for us? At first I thought it was a scam. Interesting. <laughs> and like, oh, this is right. So that's, uh, people often ask me, would you write a mother and daughter one? And I thought, well, there actually is a lot of mother and daughter, like good quality mother and daughter resources out there. Yeah. But yes, you could definitely do that. You could just scratch that out okay. and say father and son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The important part is the communication and yeah. fathers should be able to communicate with their sons about the same things that mothers communicate. So oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So that completes part one of the Mother and Son podcast by Christy Thomas. We'll return next podcast and she'll have much more to share with us. Before we close, I want to share something that I'm thinking about doing. And I would like to know if any of you might be interested in doing a book study on parenting by Paul Tripp. It is such a good book. Every page is loaded with wisdom. So I'm thinking it would be so much fun to do a Zoom book study with you and do it on those nights that we've already talked about having discussion. And that would give us a wonderful format for discussion. If you're not familiar with the book, it's just a fabulous book. So let me know. You can email me back at laurie at kidsstrengthforlife.com. Let me know if you might be interested. Thanks for joining us. And remember to rest in the Lord this week. Mm -hmm.